25, John chapter 19, verse number 25. And that is what the soldiers did. Um, meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother and uh, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be unto God. I want to talk about tonight, um, unlikely eyes, unlikely eyes. We dealt with hateful eyes, denying eyes, betraying eyes. <laughs> unlikely eyes as we continue this lengthened series entitled eyes on on jesus unlikely eyes um all throughout the bible um jesus well god in the old testament and uh jesus they always used unlikely people, unlikely, unlikely people, people who probably would not qualify for God to use. He would, he, God would use unlikely people. Um, Moses was unlikely um, because he had a speech impediment. Um, he thought Aaron would be a much better speaker because he was more articulate, but God used him anyway. Rahab was an unlikely person for God to use. Um, God used her to uh, hide some spies. Uh, hide some people, rather, uh, who were in trouble. One would not think that God would use a person with Rahab's um, background, but uh, he did. In the New Testament, God used unlikely people. Simon was no more than a manual labor fisherman. God used him. Unlikely people that God used. Saul of Tarsus, one who vilified Christ and his followers, but, but God used him. Unlikely, unlikely people that God in the Old Testament used and Jesus Christ in the New Testament used. And tonight I wanna focus on one more unlikely person. 
I want to just view through this person's eyes. They have stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother Mary, his mother's sister, the wife of Clopas. I don't want to deal with his mother. She was supposed to be there. I don't want to deal with his mother's sister because she was probably supposed to be there too because she was comforting her sister. Witnessing the death of her nephew. I don't want to look at this through the eyes of of um, John because Jesus and John had a relationship. The disciple that Jesus loved. I want to look at this tonight through unlikely eyes. Mary Magdalene. I won't be long tonight, but when you look at the life of Mary in this moment while Jesus is hanging on the cross, the first thing you'll see is unsuspecting eyes. His mother was supposed to be there. It makes sense that that his aunt, auntie, his mother's sister would be there comforting her, her sister. It makes sense that John is there because he and John had a relationship. The disciple that Jesus loved. There is one more person there that's probably unlikely who has unsuspecting eyes. Mary Magdalene. Mary used to be a prostitute. Mary was a harlot. She gets, meets Jesus and becomes a follower. So much so until she uses her money to break her alabaster box to anoint Jesus and then wipe his feet with her hair. Judas is bothered by that because she spent her money. And he said, we could have taken that money and given it to the poor. And Jesus says, well, the poor would be among you always, but what she has done is honorable because she's preparing me for burial. And I want you to remember what she's doing in this moment. Unsuspecting eyes. Ladies and gentlemen, what Mary teaches us is 
when life happens to you and all hell breaks loose in your life, the person who may stick by your side is the person you least expect. Where are the disciples? All but John are gone. They're hiding. Where is Jairus and his daughter? I mean, he told his daughter to get up. Where is the woman who he healed first prior to raising the daughter of Jairus? Where, where is an unnamed woman? Why isn't she there? Where are those 5,000 men besides women and children when he took fish and bread and made them sit down and he fed them with fish and bread? He multiplied. Where, where, where are they? I mean, Bartimaeus was loud when he was in need of Jesus. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus raised the query, what is it that you want me to do? Lord, I just want to see. I don't expect those lepers to be there. But one of them should have been there. I mean, the one who had the nerve to come back and say, thank you, where, where is he? Where, where is the fellow who was in the Dara in the cemetery cutting himself with stones and Jesus gave him his mind back? Where, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Where is that? That that mother who, when they were on their way to uh, the, the sepulchre to deposit her son's body, Jesus saw them coming and he stops the funeral procession and touches that which was carrying him and the boy got up and Jesus literally gave a grieving mother back her son. Where are they? None of them showed up. When Jesus was in need. Some people will have use for you as long as you can help them. And when they can no longer benefit from you, they disappear. And yet Mary Magdalene teaches us the people that you least expect, the people that you shun, the people that you may uh, look down your nose at, the people who perhaps aren't allowed to be at your table, be in your circle. That might be the person who sticks by your side when life crucifies you. The people you overlook, the people that 
aren't welcome in your church because if truth be told, the average church really ain't ready to be the church because most most folk in church can't handle people's past life experiences. I mean, Mary Magdalene probably wouldn't be welcomed on the deaconess board in the average traditional Baptist church. She probably couldn't lead worship in most churches as worship leader. She sure couldn't preach in the average Baptist church pulpit because some somebody's gonna say she used to be a whore. Why would Paz put her up? She she's she used to walk the street. I I used to see her on Liberty Road. <laughs> I used to see her walking down emancipation. I used to see her walking down lions at night and she's gonna come here talking about God saved her and she's redeemed. Why is it that we can't celebrate the redemption of people when we preach it every Sunday and then have the nerve to say, come just as you are. Unsuspecting eyes, unsuspecting eyes. The people you least expect. Any, any, anybody out there besides me who can testify that the people you thought would be there didn't show up. The folk that you thought you could brag on and dote on, the people who you talk to on a regular basis when life crucified you, they weren't there. But the person you talk to once or twice a year, because just because you talk to someone daily or weekly, don't mean they're going to be there for me. Unsuspected. The same former prostitute, the same former harlot is the one who anointed Jesus's feet and prepared him for burial. And she was one of the last persons at the cross. No disciple, no clergy, no preacher was there beyond John. Those of you who love to brag about being the preacher, the preacher wasn't there. Be careful how you treat people because you never know who will be there for you when you get there. Be careful how you ostracize, criticize, laugh, and talk about people when you're on top because life has a strange way of flipping real fast. Pardon this, I know this may offend some of you, but my mama used to say, be careful how you treat folk because you never know who may have to bite your behind one day. I can hear her. I can hear her in my ear saying that. 
Be careful how you treat folk because you never can tell who you will need to pick up a cool glass of water when you're on your sickbed. Because the children, the kids that you raised and bragged on and, and talked about how wonderful they are, they may forsake you when you get old. Be careful about that. Be, be careful when you judge people based upon their past as if you don't have a past. Because guess what? In order to be saved, you first had to be lost. All of us are saved from something. All of us are being delivered from something. Not delivered. We are in the process of being delivered. And so the person that you walk by and don't speak to and roll your eyes at and may be a subject of your group text messages, be careful with that. Be careful who you say pastors shouldn't use or they shouldn't be able to preach or teach in the Lord's church based upon their past history. Do you not have a past history? Do you not have some skeletons in your closet? You you don't have any secret sin that only you and God know about. So now you you can quote John three sixteen. You preached one sermon, taught one Bible study, did one shout, one buck spoken, spoken one tongue, and now you have become judge and jury over somebody else's life. If that grace was good enough for you, that same grace is good enough for them. If that mercy, if that redemption, if the blood still works, if the blood still works and it worked for you, it can work for them. And how many people have we lost in the Lord's church because some messy, ignorant person talked about their past? Rahab was a form of prostitute. And she's mentioned in the lineage of Jesus. Unsuspecting eyes. No, pastor wasn't bad. But the redeemed prostitute was. Deacon so and so wasn't there. And I know we didn't have deacons then, I get it, but let me just argue my point. But the reformed prostitute was. Worship leader wasn't there. Choir president wasn't there. All the folk that Jesus delivered, healed, and fed, and made a way, they were not there. But the person who probably would not be welcomed in the average church today was there. Be careful who you turn away from the Lord's church and the Lord's work 
just because they did something you thought about doing and did not do. Unsuspecting eyes. Guess what? She had loyal eyes. She was there. What Mary Magdalene teaches us is this. You don't have to be vocal to be loyal. I'm going somewhere. Peter, these may forsake you. And these may be scattered. But I ain't going nowhere. I'll, I'll die for you. I'll die with you. Talk is cheap, my friend. The age-old adage, proof is in the pudding. Peter said all of this stuff in the face of Jesus and then when the cock crowed, he ran off in the darkness, scared. But Mary Magdalene didn't give no speech. She just showed up. And that's what loyal people do. Loyal people don't tell you all day, every day, they got your back, they down. They just show up in the worst moments of your life and don't leave. Because Mary Magdalene just wasn't there at the foot of the cross, she was there at the mock trial, kangaroo court. She, she, she was there through it all. She was there until Jesus closed his eyes from the, for the last time on Calvary. Who, who, who would have thought a reformed prostitute, a, 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 a saved whore would be loyal? And we gravitate towards people who are always talking about how down they are. And, I, and, and, and some may mean it. I, I really believe Peter meant it in the moment. I'm not going to call him a liar. And sometimes people mean what they say in the moment, but moments change. And, and, and I'm not saying that it, Everyone who says they're loyal to you is lying. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that everybody who has uh, pledged their loyalty to you is lying. I'm not saying that. I am saying that sometimes the people who say the least show up 
the most. She was loyal, my friend. And here is the thing about loyalty. Loyalty does not abandon you when you're wrong. Not, not that, not that Baptist, I'm with you as long as you write, or I'm with you as long as you're doing what I think you should do it. I'm with you as long as you remain scandal free and 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 uh uh crystal clear. No, that ain't loyalty. That's 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 selective loyalty. You're with me as long as I'm not embarrassing you, but when I mess up, you distance yourself from me. You you need some real at least one person who'll be there even when it ain't popular. When you are guilty, when you have messed up. She was loyal, my friend. Who would have thought? that Mary Magdalene would have been loyal. She was loyal. And we've all experienced that. What Caesar said, even you, Brutus, even you. We've all had that blindfold around our eyes where we thought certain people were loyal to us, but we were too vested in the relationship or the friendship to see that we were being made a fool of, manipulated. But Mary was loyal. How many loyal people have the church lost because we say stuff like, oh, they got that jailhouse religion. What's wrong with that? Everybody ain't gonna have your Baptist walk down the aisle. I came to Jesus just as I was weary, worn and sad and found in him a sweet old resting place and he has made me glad. Everybody ain't gonna get saved in Sunday school at the BTU, at the revival, at the speak meeting. Everybody not gonna get saved at the crusade. Some folks gonna get saved on the corner, on their back, in the alley drugged up, drugged out. Some folk gonna get saved on a prison cell in a rehabilitation hospital. In an alcoholic treatment facility. We'll lose people who actually love God, Jesus, 
empowered by the Holy Ghost, led by the power of the Spirit of God, because we don't like their past. Let me tell you something, church. Everybody wasn't raised in Sunday school. But they love God. They're loyal to God because guess what? They hit rock bottom and the only person who was there in the alley was God. In rehab was God. In prison was God. In the alcoholic treatment center was God. They love God. But because they haven't conformed to a certain style of uh, religious nomenclature, and they don't know what to say, and they don't they don't really get first giving honor to God, to the pastor, all those members. They don't they don't know they don't they don't they don't know they don't know that. They don't they don't know to put the finger up and they're going to the to the bathroom. They don't know they don't know that. They don't know it. They don't know it. They don't they don't know you should wear black and white on first Sunday. <laughs> they don't they don't know that the uh, the calendar you know for the religious uh, um, uh, year. They don't, they don't know it, but they love God. We're going to miss loyal people because they don't look the part. Um, there is a young man in our church named Emmanuel Jordan. No relation, but he's a good guy. He's a good guy. And uh, man is old street boy, reformed, loved God. And when he was with me and my former pastor, uh, we talked. Not even sure how he, how he got there. And he talked about that. I think I think it was him or one of the guys with him at the time who said that they were going to take the gold out of their mouth, out of the, the gold teeth out of their mouth. And I said, no, don't do that. Leave them in. Let your tattoos show. I said, because you guys are on fire for God. And you you have far, far more street credit than I have. I, I ain't no street guy. And folk, folk on the corner in the circle, may listen to you about Jesus before they listen to me. They can identify with you. I'm going to miss them. He's with us at Fellowship now. And when he's off, this guy drives from Galveston, Texas. At that time, the Fifth Ward, he drove from Galveston, Texas to Sunnyside. He's loyal to God and he loves God. He will get on your nerves talking about God because he understands that God found him in a bad place and saved him. He's loyal. You need folk around you who love God enough to make the status quo uncomfortable. 
Don't 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 hide your tattoos. Don't don't take your gold teeth out. Don't do that now. Because there is a generation who needs Christ who looks just like you. They ain't gonna hit me because I ain't been to jail. I ain't been on parole. I ain't no drug dealer, farmer, drug user, none of that. They'll hear you before they hear me. And we're gonna lose loyal soldiers for Christ because they got tattoos. No, sis don't know how long her skirt should be. She don't know. Girl used to be a stripper. She don't know. She don't know about no, no, to your knees. She ain't got nothing to her knees. But before we talk about her and ostracize her and laugh at her and go talk to her, go help her, go teach her. These pants are saying it right now. Came from the could. No father, no, no positive role model. All he knows is street and jail. But at least he's here now. Why talk about him? Why make him feel inadequate? Why not just go and mentor him and talk to him? Why can't we learn to meet people where they are? Everybody ain't gonna have a black suit and a white dress. Everybody not gonna have a hat that matches the bag and the bag that matches the shoes. Everybody not gonna do that. They love God and they're loyal to God and the church. And we all need people who are loyal to us as well. I'm done. Uh, I think I told you that that Mary was loyal, right? And I think I told you that uh, Mary was there to the end. Jesus dies, and I know I'm ahead of the game, you know, with this, but they beg for his body and they they uh, bury him in the in the new tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. They anoint him with spices, what they call embalming in that moment, in those in those moments, in those times. They wrap him up and uh, they place him in this carved out rock where the dead of certain families were be buried. And she runs because now, now, now she's, she, she's heartbroken. Gotta save this day. But when you read John chapter 20, verse number one, she also had witnessing eyes. Early upon, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark. There she go again. Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw 
that the stone had been removed from the tomb. Witnessing Do y'all see this? The unsuspecting person, those unsuspecting eyes, those unlikely eyes, those loyal eyes are now witnessing eyes while the folk were still in hiding and sleep while it was still dark. Guess who shows up at the tomb of Jesus? Heroes, Sister Mary, she came running. <laughs> you got to forgive me, I'm hopelessly Baptist. Looking for my Lord. And when she sees Jesus, scripture says she supposed that he was a gardener. And she's troubled because she says, listen, they have taken the body of my Lord. I, I, I don't know where he is. And she only knew who Jesus was because he called her by her name. She had unlikely eyes, unsuspecting eyes, loyal eyes. But she had witnessing eyes. Because when she reached out to touch him, no, don't touch me just yet. I've yet to ascend to my father. But now do me a favor. Since, 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 since you are the only one from the team who is here to witness my resurrection, do me a favor. Tell them I'm, I'm, I'm up. And tell them and Peter to meet me in Galilee. The first person to see the risen Christ, the first person to see the risen Lord, the first person to see Jesus and the old preacher that standing up on resurrection ground was likely eyes. <laughs> Unsuspecting eyes, loyal eyes. And now she has witnessing eyes. I know I'm going to bother some people's theology right now. But the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. That he died and he rose, right? Right, right, right. So the first person to carry the gospel wasn't a man. The first person who said he rose wasn't, wasn't our old 
wasn't our old preacher faster. The first person to say he got up with all power in his hand. Isn't it amazing? God used a woman to carry the gospel into the world. And then God used a woman, yeah, to carry the good news of the resurrected Lord. And yet in 2020, in sexist, misogynist, male-oriented churches, women still don't have the right to preach the gospel, but they but a woman carried the gospel in her womb, and then a woman carried the gospel message of a resurrected Lord. Don't tell me what Paul said. Could care less what Paul said. I can read. We might want to be careful how we treat women. It was a woman who carried our Lord, Mary. And it was a woman who carried the good news. That's what the gospel is, the good news, right? Yeah. So it wasn't Pastor Peter. It, it wasn't Pastor uh, uh, Thomas. It was... Minister Mary, Evangelist Mary Magdalene, who said one Sunday morning, he got up all power in his hand. Sis, listen, if you've been called a priest, leave that church who will never let you celebrate your gift. Don't die with your gift. I know it's your family church. I know you were born there and baptized there. They ain't gonna let you preach. They gonna keep you on the floor uh, for Mission Sunday, Fifth Sunday, when y'all wear white and testify. But yet they gonna let uh, Jack Leg Lou up there who don't make no sense, who barely can't read, and they'll listen to his foolishness. Because Paul said a woman, Paul said a woman ought to be quiet in church. Woman ought to be quiet in church. Well. If that's what you're going to say, then women shouldn't sing in the choir because Paul said they should be quiet. If, if, if women can't talk in church, then they shouldn't do the announcements. They shouldn't lead devotion because that's what Paul said. Paul, who was also sexist. homophobic, misogynist. And how can we preach a 
gospel of liberation when we are holding certain people down. Where that makes sense at? How, how you gonna preach a gospel of liberation? He fetched the captives free, but no, you holding sis back. Cause she's a woman. The first person who told the men who were in hiding, the men were hiding. And it was the woman who told the men who were in hiding, scared they were going to die. He ain't there no more. Remember he told us? I'm going to destroy this temple, but in three days, I'm going to raise it up again. Sis, don't die in that church. They ain't going to let you preach. Because the pastor probably won't let you preach, but he ain't got no say-so. He got to deal with deacons, trustees, bylaws, constitutions, and you're going to die in your gift waiting on some church to vote on whether you can or cannot use the gift that God has given to you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be unto God. Amen.